Welcome to We On Fire Sports Podcast, season number two, providing hot takes and analysis across the sporting landscape. Straight talk, no chaser. We On Fire Sports Podcast. We On Fire Sports Podcast, episode number four, season number two. Man, this show, man, I got a banger jumping off, man. We got the NFL gearing up for week number four. You know I had to bring my NFL correspondent through Steve, definitely to break down week number four and what's going on across the National Football League. Also, too, I'm going to get into that Robert Sarver situation with Robert Sarver, owner of the Phoenix Suns, got fined from the league, $10 million, and also two banned from his team for a whole year. Looks like Robert Sarver's out to sell not only the Phoenix Suns, but the WNBA Phoenix Mercury. We're going to get into that. Also, too, we're going to get into the Celtic drama. Those who haven't been on the rock the past week or so, not sure if you know about the whole situation with Ume Adoka, the Boston Celtic head coach, just led them to the NBA Finals. He got suspended as well a year from the team from an inappropriate relationship. We're going to get into that. Man, so we got a banger. Also, too, don't forget, I got the Power Five coming up. The Power Five is my power rankings for the National Football League. Going to break down who I see as the top five teams so far through the first three weeks of the season. Man, we got a nice little show jumping off. Once again, I want to appreciate everybody for listening. Thanks for all the love and the feedback. We on Five Sports Podcast. NBA is back as NBA training camps are back into effect as the NBA goes into the 76th season and teams and everyone, fan bases all across the NBA landscape feel like their team have a chance this season. Congratulations to the Golden State Warriors, the NBA champions, 2022. And there's some stories across the league, and we on Five Sports Podcast going to get right into it. First off, we got the situation in Boston with Yume Adoka, head coach of the Boston Celtics, had a workplace incident with a female Boston staffer, inappropriate relationship, and Ume Adoka, which we all know that follows basketball and just knows the ins and outs of the game and what's going on across the league. Ume Adoka is in a relationship and has a son, say, with the actress Nia Long. And as this story was unfolding, we on Five Sports Podcast, we want to take a step back just to kind of let some of this stuff come out a little bit before I give a take in regards to what occurred, as well as the year-long suspension of Ume Adoka. So I'm going to start with the allegations against Ume Adoka. And for me, you know, if the Boston Celtics, a head coach that just led the Boston Celtics back to the NBA Finals, losing six games to the world champion Golden State Warriors, a team that started off last season, 500. There's a lot of chatter out there. As Brad Stevens stepped down the season before to go upstairs into the general manager role. 
And Umea Doka got this team all the way to the NBA Finals. Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, the leaders of this ball club, got this team to the NBA Finals and had a, a fighting chance. It's not like they got swept in the NBA Finals either. You know, just got beat by a team that had a little bit more championship experience. But back to Yudoka. And me, I feel like if the Boston Celtics was willing to suspend this man over the allegations of him having an affair with a Boston staffer who is presently married as well as her husband also works for the Boston Celtics, if that is true, then, you know, I feel like it's a situation where he has to be suspended if it was a situation where all parties involved as well as the organization came to an understanding that that relationship was not going to go further for obvious reasons. And if you made Yudoka compromise that, then yeah, he has every right to be suspended and not only fired for the offense. And you know, it's a lot of chatter out there, man, about you know what's right and what's wrong about the female who was accused, what punishment she's going to get in the whole consensual relationship thing. But I'm going to keep it 100. Just because a relationship starts off consensual doesn't mean that one of the parties involved can easily go left. You know, most of the stalkers out here has had a relationship with a female or male on either side. The relationship started off consensual. And then it went left. So, to me, the consensual thing... You know, it's a footnote in the whole situation, but it's not the whole situation. And you may Doka, in my opinion, he's a lucky guy for being, say, not, not fired for what he did, allegedly. Which, you know, he didn't fight the punishment. He made a short statement and he kept it moving. So for me, you know, I think he got, you know, what I felt was a fair punishment in regards of it and we never know this could be it for you may adult especially if some of the story leaks out in regards to the situation it's a possibility he may have coached his last game for the Boston Celtics so we on five sports podcast we definitely want to get into that story man has been blazing a trail we got people across the Twitter universe and across the internet Given they take some regards of it, but you know we on Five Sports Podcast, man. Straight talk, no chaser. We had to get into that situation. Once again, thanks for listening. We on Five Sports Podcast. The NFL, man, we're going into week number four in the National Football League. And there's been some few surprises across the National Football League. And one of those surprises, man, has been the Miami Dolphins. You know I had to bring my NFL correspondent in the building, Dolphin correspondent Steve Duke. What's going on, my man? Good, man. How are you? Man, doing, doing great, man. What's going on with your Dolphins, man? 3-0, man, riding high. Two are looking like the Messiah down there in Miami, man. A big win against the Buffalo Bills coming down there in Miami, taking a nice little L. What's your thoughts, man, on the Dolphins so far this season, man? Uh, you know, you got to be excited if you're a Dolphin fan for sure. 3-0 is great. It's wonderful. 
Um, but, you know, there, there's definitely room for improvement. But being able to get a win like that against Buffalo, where in years past, you know, when Buffalo's come down to Miami, uh, you know, they've dominated. And they put up big numbers against you know, some pretty good, often uh, defenses. Uh, some of them coached by Flores. You know, there were some pretty good defenses. Some of the players are still there. Um, you look at the game last year where Buffalo won, and it was it, it, it was an offensive performance. They dominated. Uh, so, you know, for them to kind of take the next step uh, and kind of beat this team that's beat that's had their number for uh, for the past few years and was probably arguably the MVP uh, at quarterback. Uh, you know, to be able to beat those guys. Um, I think uh, that was big, uh, and I think yes, there's room for improvement. You definitely want to be able to run the ball a little bit better. You don't want your defense on the field uh, that long. Uh, you don't want uh, you know just to rely on an occasional big play. You want to see a more dominant performance for sure. But uh, given the circumstances early on in the year and the guys that they were playing against, the teams they were playing against, Josh Allen won one week, Lamar Jackson the previous week, uh, for them to come out and beat those quarterbacks and uh, and to do it with two or throwing the football, uh, it, it was impre- impressive. Yeah, man, especially, too, on the previous two matchups, you know, the huge comeback win against the Baltimore Ravens up in Baltimore. And I think for a team that's a young team with a new regime, McDonald coming in and company, you know, I think for them is that you just want to rack up the win, especially in the, in, you know, in the division y'all in, in the AFC East. So, you know, I think it's paramount that obviously it was a divisional win. It also, too, was a statement win from a standpoint of, like you said, you know, coming down to Miami, those are games in your division. If you want to win a division, you got to win those games, period. Whether it's, you know, you know, huge or whether it's an uh, ugly win. So I think for the Dolphins, man, I think that they definitely do have the ear. The coach has the ear of the, of the players. And, you know, it's a lot of room for improvement for this team as well. I mean, the weapons that you guys have, I mean, was this literally three games in? You know, you know, Waddle obviously was there last season. But, yeah, man, I kind of like what y'all doing. What's your thoughts, man, as, you know, you guys are first on the slate, man, with the Thursday night football game on Amazon Prime against the Cincinnati Bengals, man? Tua, you know, was a little banged up towards the end of that football game in Buffalo. What's your thoughts, man, on the Thursday night tilt, man, with the uh, Cincinnati Bengals? Uh, concerning. Uh, they're going into the jungle on a, on a short week. Uh, you know, the crowd's going to be, you know, rocking. Um, you know, you, you're talking about a defense that was on the field uh, for a majority of that game uh, in the hot heat sun and in, in the humidity. Uh, there's some injuries on that front. Uh, so you're concerned from that standpoint, are they going to wear out? Um, second half is going to be crucial in that game. Uh, I think uh, they'll, be, they'll, they'll need to run the ball. Uh, they'll need to control the clock a little bit more than definitely more than what they did against Buffalo when they were it was basically a two to one advantage. Bills had them had control the clock for you know majority of the game, but I think if if they can control the ball a little bit this game um, and and give their get their defense off the field, I think they'll have a really good chance of uh, staying close and, and probably winning another close game. I don't see them 
uh, really pulling away from Cincinnati. Cincinnati has an offensive firepower that they, they'll always be in the game. They have a great quarterback, uh, and you know they got plethora of weapons, so they'll be able to stay in this game. It's just a matter of can the Dolphins find a way to make a close game and to win a close game again. Uh, I, I, I think getting pressure on, on, on Joe Burrows is going to be big. Uh, you know that Cincinnati offensive line has some has some leaks in it. Um, Lel Collins apparently might not even play, and he's he's been horrible. So you know, being able to get pressure is going to be big. Uh, being able to not give up the big play is going to be big, and controlling the clock. Those are I think the three keys to that game. Yeah, especially too with Cincinnati with the offensive line. I mean, Joe Burrow been running for his life, you know, but they're one of those offenses that. They can give up eight or nine sacks in a game and still be in the football game and still be a threat out there. So they're a tricky team like that. Like you said, it's a tough situation for you guys, especially on the short week and obviously playing this game in Cincinnati, you know, as they've not started off the season, you know, is what they want to be so far. So, yeah, it's a real, you know, AFC, you know, grudge match. That To me, it just shows how much talent, you know, across the board in the AFC, the different teams. You know, you got Cincinnati one and two in this game, but – you know, definitely for them, you know, they trying to creep on the come up, man. So I think that's going to be an exciting, uh, exciting matchup, man, on Thursday night football. Also, too, man, we got the two teams that we aforementioned playing each other this week, man. On Sunday, man, you got the Buffalo Bills against the Baltimore Ravens. Both of these teams coming in two and one. Both of these teams have had some extreme highs in their two victories and uh, a few lows in the two defeats, courtesy of the Miami Dolphins. What's your thoughts, man, on this Bills-Ravens game, man, on Sunday? I think uh, it's going to be as exciting as advertised. Uh, it's going to be a performance by both these quarterbacks. Both these quarterbacks um, have some similarities in their game where they're both able to run the football, to control and extend plays. Um, you know, they can make some big plays. And so I think um, I expect a high-scoring game. Uh, I think Buffalo's defense... After last week, they'll be a little bit more worn out. Uh, they got, they still got some injuries on the back end of that secondary. So I still think, um, at the end of the day, it's going to be a barn burner like we saw against the Dolphins, high-scoring game. And I think probably the team that has the ball last is going to win. Yeah, man, I think this game got the potential to be the game of the week. You know, straight out, you know, this is going to be a war. You know, both teams. You know, two and one currently right now, man, trying to jockey for the position in the AFC and arguably the two best quarterbacks in football. I mean, these two guys have been amazing. I mean, straight up amazing. So to me, yeah, this is definitely a game of the weekend. I agree with you as far as it's probably going to come down to who get the ball last or who got the momentum last. To me, this is a straight pick em game, meaning that either team can easily win this football game, man. You know, so I think that's one of the tips that I'm going to absolutely be looking you know, forward to. And I got another slate, man, that I've been kind of you know looking at and a little bit interested in, man. Well, a team that, you know, we had some some pretty high, you know, hopes for them coming into this season, man. They currently own three on the season. Got the tilt between the Denver Broncos, man, and the own three Las Vegas Raiders, man. What's your thoughts, man, about that game and about what you've seen from the Raiders so far this season? Uh, it's ever a must-win game for the Raiders. This is yeah, this is probably as early as well for a lot of teams. Really, this could be a must-win week, but uh, for the Raiders more so than anybody. Uh, you're 0 and 4. You're pretty much done. 
um, especially in that division. So, and then you're playing a division opponent um, that you're going to be behind. So I think uh, this is a must win for the Raiders. Uh, they have to win this game. Uh, so you'll see everything come out. If they don't, you got to seriously start questioning uh, Josh McDaniel. you, you got to question his ability to, to be a successful coach in this league because you, you 0-4 and you missed the playoffs and, and you had all these high expectations. And then, you know, you lay out a dud and you're, you're, you're going to lose to a team that's been struggling uh, to, to find its rhythm, team that's been struggling offensively, even though they have weapons in the Denver Broncos. Um, you can't lose to a team like that. And, uh, you know, you, 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 like I said, this is about as much as, much of a must-win game as, as you can get this early on in the season. Yeah, man, and I'm a little critical, man, of the, of the boy one, the Josh McDaniels, man. To me, this is, you know, him getting the job in uh, with the Raiders, man, is a, a proven situation. You know, they got good weapons. I mean, you got arguably the best receiver in the National Football League and Devontae Adams on your ball club. You know, you got Derek Carr, who's a you know, Pro Bowl caliber quarterback. And so, you know, the division they're in is arguably the toughest division in the National Football League, just top to bottom from a competitive standpoint. And so, yeah, you go 0-4, it's pretty much a, a done deal in regards to the season. You know, on the flip side, the Broncos, man, for a team to be 2-1, you know, their offense is pretty much stalled. You know, they appear to be a winning ugly right now. You know, Russell uh, Wilson in his first year with the Denver Broncos looked like this offense still trying to kick in gear. Let me get some quick thoughts, man. What you think about the Broncos so far this year, man? Yeah, I mean, you you, you see a team that, you know, the operation has just been clumsy, really. Uh, First-year head coach in the showing. Um, you know, you saw it week one with the clock management, being able to get plays, the delay of games. Um, and you, you see Russ kind of, you know, not really cooking. He's just basically... Um, sitting back and, and trying to empower his coach a little bit and let them do, oh, you know, basically trying to do what what's what's asked of him. Problem is, you know, you know, he has to kind of take the reins a little bit more and kind of really put his fingerprint on this offense and and, and do what it is that he does best. Um, and I think if he's able to do that and start being himself and doing the place, um, doing the things that 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 made him, you know, Hall of Fame caliber quarterback, I think they'll be fine. You kind of saw that the last game on the last drive where it was just basically him cooking, doing his thing, scrambling, hitting guys, and just playing free. I think uh, if they're able to do a little bit more of that, I think they'll be in good shape. The running game is still there. They're able to run the ball pretty well. Uh, it's a matter of really getting those, those being on the same page with those receivers and uh, trying to get those guys going. But, yeah, it's, so far, it's, you know, it's a rookie head coach and it shows, um, unfortunately. Um, but, you know, it's the NFL, so... It's not for long, so yeah, they got to straighten this up and, uh, and and get going. But I think with Russell Wilson, eventually that will happen. Yeah, I think he's just too good of a talent and too you know too good an experienced uh, quarterback in the National Football League not to figure it out a little bit on the offensive end because they absolutely had the weapons. And another game, man, in the battle with the quarterbacks, man, in week number four, we got the Sunday Night Football tilt between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Tampa Bay Bucks. Tampa Bay Bucks currently is the 
walking wounded on the offensive end with Julio Jones out. You know, and we got, you know, various amount of injuries on the offensive line. Also, two Chris Godwin is currently out for them. Mike Evans coming off suspension. And we got the Kansas City Chiefs dropping a dud against the Indianapolis Colts last week. What's the thoughts, man, about this game, man, as both teams come in 2-1 uh, and one on the season? Well, I mean, as it relates to the Colts, you know, Really, they got to get back to running football. Uh, if they're not able to run the ball, they're going to struggle. Um, and you know, it's what it's 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 what you expect uh, the Colts to do. I mean, they don't have they're not really dynamic on offense. Uh, they don't have that deep threat. They got a pretty good uh, receiver, but you know, they don't have the guy that can stretch the field. They got they got some guys that can play between the twenties. Um, they got to be able to run the football. That's part. That's that's the biggest part. Jonathan Taylor has to get going in this game. Um, you know, as the Titans go, you know, it's really against for uh, Ryan Tannehill. Really, if if he's able to connect, make some plays, uh, not turn the ball over, they'll be in this game. They'll be able to still run the ball, at least draw the attention to run the ball. But for them, it's not turning the football over. I think Indianapolis will win it ultimately because I think they got the better team defensively and they got the better weapons. And I think they're going to ultimately give you the better quarterback play. Uh, but um, really, you know, it's, it's going to be a close game. You expect two division rivals like this to, to battle it out. But I think at the end of the day, um, you know, Tennessee probably end up having to overcome some Ryan Tannehill turnovers. Uh, I, I like Indianapolis in this one. Yeah, and the AFC South is an interesting division. You know, it's straight up for grabs. You know, you got Jacksonville currently 2-1. You know, I think they're the leader in the division currently. But, yeah, this is going to be an ugly division that's going to pretty much go down to week number 17 by the time we figure out who literally is the best team in this division. Yeah, it's a must-win, though, I believe, for both teams as far as, you know, from a confidence standpoint. Yeah, to me, this matchup all boils down to the two quarterbacks. You know, Matt Ryan, if he could be Matt Ryan the last week versus, you know, what Tannehill has been so far for Tennessee. So, yeah, I think it's going to boil down to that one, man. And we got the Sunday night football matchup, man, in the game that, to me, could easily be the game of the week. We got the Kansas City Chiefs going up against the Tampa Bay Bucks. And first and foremost, man, I want to wish well wishes and safety to everybody in the Tampa area, in the Florida area, man, due to the storms. But Tampa coming in as the walking wounded man, Tom Brady and company, the offense has been stalled a little bit, but the defense have arguably been the best defense in the National Football League so far this season. What's your thoughts, man, on this Chiefs-Buck game on Sunday night, man? Uh, a game that more than likely will get re- relocated uh, from what I'm hearing will probably be Minnesota, where this thing will be played. Best case, you remove the home field advantage, um, and it basically boils down to you know, the offenses, two offenses. Uh, the injuries uh, for Tampa Bay make it difficult for them to really be in sync and to really be, be you know, the, that Tom Brady-led offense that we all know. Uh, I don't I don't think uh, they have enough weapons right now as it is. Mike Evans comes back, but even with Mike Evans, I still don't think it's enough. I think uh, they have some serious issues when it comes to running the football. Uh, their defense is going to be stellar. Defense will keep them in the game, and they'll probably make it a low-scoring low game. 
um, and, and kind of keep things close. But I think too much Patrick Mahomes, too many weapons on the Chiefs' offense. I think the Chiefs win this game ultimately. Yeah, I think uh, that neutral field is going to be huge in this game, and the Tampa loses that home field. I think on the neutral site, presently where both of these teams currently are, man, I got the Chiefs winning this football game. You know, Tampa, man, they're just trying to get get their continuity together, especially on the primarily on the offensive end, you know, just simply due to the injuries. You know, I think the defense, though, is stout, man. The defense has been playing some real good football this season, man. So I wouldn't be surprised if it would not be a high-scoring type of game, but I can see, you know, a game where I believe with that neutral field, man, Kansas City, you know, pull this game out, man, on Sunday night football, man. So once again, man, we on Five Sports Podcast, man. We appreciate you falling through, man, for NFL preview week number four, man. Man, once again, we appreciate uh, all the love and the feedback from the listeners, man. Any any parting uh, thoughts, man, on, on NFL week number four, man? Uh, you know, once again, it's going to be an exciting NFL week. Uh, you know, uh, you, you have some teams that are going going to be playing in London, so those kind of schemes are going to kind of start playing a role. Uh, you, you got teams that, you know, uh, uh, you know, really in some must-win situations. So um, I, I think teams like the Raiders, and you mentioned also, uh, you know, uh, Tennessee, you know, some other teams that they just basically have to win some of these games. Uh, so it, it makes for it makes for an exciting week, um, as always, when it comes to the NFL. Um, you know, nobody wants to go home for, and uh, you know, you want to see you know you want to see you know teams continue to battle it out and and stay in the race, and so nobody's gonna uh, you know try to give up uh, th- at this point in the season for sure but uh, you know it's tough uh, week in and week out in the NFL you never know what's going to happen so I'm excited oh yeah man and definitely we on fire sports podcast going to connect back in regards of the show once again man I want to thank everybody for listening we on fire sports podcast Thank you for listening to We On Fire Sports Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Amazon Music, CastBox, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Stitcher, Our Heart Radio. Man, once again, thanks for listening to We On Fire Sports Podcast. And don't forget to hit us up on Twitter at We On Fire Sports. Also, Instagram, We On Fire Sports. Robert Sarver of the Phoenix Suns, the owner of the Phoenix Suns, was suspended by the NBA for an entire year for multiple workplace violations, some of those including racial epithets as well as some inappropriate situations within the workplace which the NBA has suspended Robert Sarver of the Phoenix Suns. As we on sports podcast got into this situation before, as word on the street is, Robert Sarver is in the process of selling the Phoenix Suns and also the Phoenix Mercury to the highest bidder. And for me, I think this is a situation where, you know, he's going to profit off of the sale well more than what he brought the team for. For him, you know, it's a financial come up. You know, he took a stain in regards to 
how people view him now, I believe, especially after the uh, findings came out in regards to the investigation. As you can see, Money Williams as well as Chris Paul had a take on it in regards to their media day the other day. Now the Phoenix Suns is a year removed from making the NBA Finals, losing in the NBA Finals to the Milwaukee Bucks. And this team last year, a lot of people expected them potentially to maybe go back to the NBA Finals as they fell short as an early round exit in the playoffs. But back to Robert Sarver for a moment. Because for me, I think other NBA owners, and I'm, I don't believe that their hands are clean at all, in my opinion. I think some of these owners across the NBA is guilty potentially of the same behavior. But I just felt that in this situation, it was the owners rallying up also too with Adam Silver to apply a little pressure on him saying, hey man, this must not be for you, bro. You know, you got enough money, you got enough wealth. You know, you got other business endeavors. You can go head on, man, and do what you gotta do. And you're gonna make a big bag of money on the flip side of it. Now, Robert Sarver also, too, since he's selling the team, he plays a role in obviously who he sells the team to. So it's gonna be real interesting, the investment groups and the groups that come out to put a stake. Word on the street, I heard Jeff Bezos, the owner of the Amazon Empire, is a potential buyer. You know, he already got his foot in the door with the National Football League with the whole revamp of Thursday Night Football. So that situation could be interesting. You know, I think that Robert Sarver, for me, you know, a lot of people had a take in regards to the punishment that he received in regards. You know, I definitely do think he should have, be, should have been punished. But in regards to selling his team, you know, it's at his discretion, and it looked like he took the high road as far as putting his team out there for sale to the highest bidder. So we on Five Sports Podcast definitely wanted to give you an update in regards to the situation as we touched on it before when it broke across with the investigation coming down and the suspension of Robert Sarver. And now it appears that he's going to take his ball and go home, man, and sell both of his franchises, man. So we on Five Sports Podcast definitely had to get into that situation. Once again, thanks for listening. We on Five Sports Podcast. The NFL is going into week number four in the NFL season. And you know we on Five Sports Podcast had to hit you with our power rankings, man. Our big five across the National Football League. Top five teams, I think, that's a little bit a cut up above the rest of the teams in the NFL through week number four. And I'm going to get right into it, man. A team coming in at number five. This team was a previous Super Bowl win of the season before last. Falling short against the Green Bay Packers last year in the playoffs, and that's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tom Brady and company, Todd Bowles, head coaching company. This team, 2-1, man, the Bucs got a rash, a rash of injuries. Man, we got Julio Jones out. We got Chris Godwin out. You know, we've just got a bunch of Knicks. Uh, they had injuries as well on the offensive line. 
But the defense on the Todd Bowles is carrying this team right now as Tom Brady's trying to make do until his receivers get back on the men. Also, too, we had the uh, suspension of Mike Evans serving a one-game suspension over his incident with uh, Lattimore from the New Orleans Saints. So this team, I think, I got them in at number five. I don't think they played nowhere near the best football of the season. They've been leaning on also, too, Leonard Fournette in the backfield. But I think this team, man, they got a good situation going on once those guys do get back. You know, Chris Godwin as well in the fold for them. Coming back off the men, he got the hamstring situation right now. But I think that this team is going to play their best football in the months of November and December. But currently, I got him coming in at number five. Number four got coming in, man, the great Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs, man, they put up a dud last week against the Indianapolis Colts getting knocked off. As we know, the National Football League, man, is really any given Sunday. Most people had the Chiefs favor to go in there and steamroll the Indianapolis Colts, but Matt Ryan had a flashback situation and got the win for the Colts. I think with the Chiefs, man, they're still trying to find their identity a little bit on offense, but I think what I've seen so far from them is that they've attempted to make the adjustment without Tariq Hill. I mean, he's one of the best wide receivers in the National Football League, so it's also going to be an adjustment period for all parties involved with Andy Reid and company. I think that this team, though, I think that they have enough savvy and, and good coaching on their ball club, man, to not fall too much away from the pack. You know, you're going to have a couple dud games here and there. They had it the last couple seasons with Kansas City, man. You know how they get out, but they always, you know, rise up when it's much win situations for them, man, to get their season back on track. Coming in at number three, this team right now presently, man, is hot as a firecracker right now, especially on the offensive end, man. It's the Philadelphia Eagles. Jalen Hurts, man, as I said before on this podcast, he was a big question mark for me coming into the season for the Philadelphia Eagles, and he is getting straight to it. I mean straight cooking, throwing the ball downfield. Don't even matter. Getting great play from Devontae Smith. Also, to A.J. Brown coming over from the Tennessee Titans. And they're looking pretty stout right now, man. And you got Goddard, you know, also, too, on the tight end situation for them, playing some good football. Also, too, got the running game cracking with Miles Sanders. So I like this team, man. This is kind of one of the young teams that is creeping on the come up, man. You know, they're undefeated. One of the two undefeated left teams in the National Football League, man. But I got them coming in at number three, man, in the power rankings. Big five, man. Coming in at number two. I got a team that last week, man, went down to the city of Miami to play against the Miami Dolphins. It was one of the most anticipated games I wanted to see so far this season. The Buffalo Bills, they took the L in the situation with Tua, you know, making some big-time plays for the Miami Dolphins, pulling that game off. I mean, that was a divisional game. Also, too, any East Coast team, especially the up part of the East Coast coming down to Miami, especially this time of the year. It's going to be a hot situation, man, and that's exactly what happened. I think Buffalo ran out of gas and also, too, ran out of time. But I think this team collectively is still the best team in the National Football League. It took a divisional L, but I think they'll be able to bounce back from it. Man, and coming in at number one in my power rankings, man, this team, man, man, the Miami Dolphins. You know, they had the situation with the Baltimore Ravens, never let die in the fourth quarter up in Baltimore. And then the Buffalo Bills came down to Miami and they gave them some too. I mean, Tua is playing great, great football right now, man. They throwing the ball downfield, obviously, with Tariq Hill. I mean, he's a threat at all times out there on the football field, the cheetah. 
We got Jalen Waddle putting in good work for them, man. Just being an all-around receiver for them, able to get the ball and make big plays downfield. Also, too, getting that run out to catch. So I'm liking what I'm seeing from the Miami Dolphins, especially on the offensive end. Chase Edmonds got into the end zone a couple times last week. You know, they had Moser, the OG veteran in the backfield as well, Mike Rosecki. So they're a team that's real balanced on the offensive side of the football. Two, he took a little nick in the game. Most people thought he had a concussion, but he was able to bounce back as they got the tilt coming up on Thursday night with the Cincinnati Bengals in week number four. So that's my power rankings, man, for this week, man, coming into week number four of the National Football League. Once again, I want to thank everybody for listening. We on Five Sports Podcast. Once again, thanks for listening to We On Fire Sports Podcast, season number two, episode number four. Man, in this episode, we got into the National Football League as week number three concluded, and we went into week number four. I had my NFL correspondent, Dolphin correspondent, Steve, come through on the check-in, man, to break down the National Football League. Also, too, I got into that Robert Sarver situation. Robert Sarver, owner of the Phoenix Suns, got suspended by the league for inappropriate workplace situations. Now it's going to sell not only the Phoenix Suns and also the Phoenix Mercury. So got into that on this episode as well as I got into my NFL power rankings, man. My big five across the National Football League also, too, broke that down. So once again, I want to appreciate everybody for listening. Also, too, can't forget we broke down that whole Boston Celtics drama situation with Yumei Adoka. Got into that. Also, two first and foremost, man, for all the people affected by the storms down in the state of Florida and surrounding areas, definitely blessings out to you and your families. Be safe. And once again, I want to appreciate everybody for listening. We on Five Sports Podcast.